Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm broadcasting tonight from the Bright Red Desk, February 14th, 2021, on a beautiful winter's day here in New York. It was sunny and bright out. I just finished a nice day of working and um, settling in, having a cup of tea here, orange spice. Always good to have orange spice tea on a cold winter's day. And uh, wishing you all a good week. I know I said last week, I know some of you listened to the podcast I do with Amanda, and I'd said to her, a 20 to 200 week. And she was like, wow. I said, well, you know, some people are going to have 200s. And quite a few people did, frankly. That cold polar vortex, uh, you know, the Uranus-Saturn square, was the first of three. We had that on Wednesday. Uh, And that was, of course, the kind of the peak, I think, of the storm taking out Texas. Uranus is electric, Saturn is structure. Uranus square Saturn, electric structures disrupted, right? Um, and of course, a lot of you know other things went on. Rush Limbaugh passed. Rush Limbaugh, of course, is uh, a conservative talk show host who totally changed um, how talk radio worked when he came on with his conservative opinions, leading to kind of where we are now. So whether you agreed with him or not, he changed he changed things. And you're in a square Saturn, um, representing because he has that aspect in his chart. If you have you're in a Saturn in your chart, this year is really big for you. If you have everybody has those planets, but all of us are having the you're in a Saturn square. So he had that condition in his chart, which was he changed the structure of things, and he did indeed. Um, and so as we watch the energy of change happen, we go, wow. And then, of course, the rover landed on Mars. Uranus, square Saturn, after a long journey, you know, traveling across the heavens. And then he landed and he kind of parachuted down. Uranus rules parachutes. <laughs> and he landed. And then, you know, he started moving around and he has a little helicopter. Uranus rules helicopters. And he's going to helicopter around Mars. So we really saw Uranus-Saturn in multiple versions happening. And then, of course, the Twitter was alive with the senator from Texas leaving Texas. And then the Twitter was alive with the senator, the congresswoman from New York flying in. And then, of course, Governor Cuomo here in New York, he's a Sun-Saturn guy, Sun-Saturn conjunct in Sag. And his nursing home scandal erupted. Now, you know, I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm... very big fan of the governor. I thought he did a good job with us with the COVID lockdown and the stuff. But every time, you know, he was asked about the nursing homes, he just did this little weird thing. And I thought, Governor Cuomo, I don't know what you're doing with those nursing homes, but you were sure acting kind of guilty, you know, or there's something off. There's something a little whatever. Well, now we find out what it was. Uranus Saturn. Remember, Mercury retrograde revealing the secrets, telling us the secrets of things we never knew before. And, of course, it was retrograde. It went direct yesterday, still stationary. So if you've been having communication uh, snafus or <laughs> finding out things you didn't know before or finding emails you hadn't seen before or any matter of Mercury telling the secrets, a um, lot of energy with that. And, of course, this was his second pass. Now Mercury's going to be stationed direct, and now he goes over it for the third time. So the stuff that started January 15th, when he entered his shadow, now we get to part three, and we get to figure out what we want to do with. 
So we definitely saw that Uranus Saturn act up. Now we're going to have two more of those. We're going to have one in June. We're going to have one on June 14th, and we're going to have another one in December, December 24th. So just kind of pay attention to what happened to you this week, because this story is an ongoing story where there will be part two and then part three as we go forward. So it's all exciting, and uh, Uranus Saturn exciting changes square to the structures. All, all for good. And the other part of it is, is it should remind you a little of 99. Because back in 99, Uranus and Saturn were in um, the same signs, but they were reversed. So uh, Saturn was in uh, Taurus. Right now he's in Aquarius. And Uranus was in Aquarius. Back now he's in Taurus. So we had friends on TV, the TV show Friends. We had Sex in the City. So we did see them kind of announce re- reunions and things like that. Um, and the energy of 99 uh, fall, summer, spring of 2000, which got us ready for the conjunction that happened in May of 2000. And now, as the universe is wont to do, it reverses things. If you think about relationships that begin, they end the same way, right? Do they kind of... You begin it, and it takes a while, or it takes a minute, and then it ends, and it takes a while, or it takes it map matches beginnings match endings. So in this case, we had the conjunction in December on December 21st, saying, "Okay, new 20-year cycle starting." And then in '99, we had the Uranus square, and then we had the conjunction. Now we're having the conjunction, and we're having the Uranus Saturn square inviting us to change. If you have planets at seven you got hit. And suffice to say, a couple people mailed me Texas's chart, and it's it got hit. I mean, everybody got the vortex. You know, it came from Calgary, came from the Canadian, came from the Arctic Circle, but not everybody had it quite in the same way. And, of course, Neptune was lots of water, you know, and Neptune was opposite Vesta uh, in the sky. And, of course, that's all the water, uh, frozen water in some cases, and piped burst pipes, and those you know, chandeliers leaking water. I was kind of like, or ceiling fans with water and toilets with water. I'm kind of like, look at all the water all over the place and frozen water. Um, And uh, so Neptune opposite Vesta, and the water piece does look to be going on for a little while because Vesta is retrograde right now opposite Neptune. So that that water business with Texas and other places is going to take a little bit of time to heal. And Neptune, of course, rules water. And when it's cold, it's snow. So we're, you know, we're really seeing the heavens giving us a great demonstration of what's going on. Uh, the nodes of fate are still getting squared by Neptune this week, but things start to change a little. Venus is going to go into Pisces. Um, and remember, even though Sun and Venus will be in Pisces, they're still answering to Jupiter. Jupiter is still answering to Saturn. Saturn answers to himself. So the whole sky is still answering to Saturn. Okay, and and when that happens, we know that this is you know consequences for actions, consequences for actions taken. Pay attention to planets that you have at seven. The square that we have in June is going to be at thirteen, and the third square that we have in December will be at eleven, and that's of the fixed signs. But if you have planets at seven of any sign, they got woken up by the um, by the square, and a lot of times when you live in a city or you live in a place, your chart matches their chart. So the people in Texas, their chart matches their state. My chart, one time I had an English astrologer say to me, so how does your chart match New York City's? 
And New York City's birthday is January 1st, 1898. That's when the consolidated five separate cities became one at midnight. And I have 23 points of contact to New York City. And, of course, when I came here in 1964, when I was 10 for the World's Fair, I was like, wow, look at all these tall buildings. This is so cool because Rochester had five tall buildings. And New York has lots of tall buildings. (laughs) And I love the subway. You know, I have all those planets in Scorpio. I love the going underground and getting on a fast-moving train. I have Mercury Square Mars and zipping places, you know. But my chart connects with New York's in 23 places. I remember counting it and going, wow, that's a lot of connections. So all the people who live in Texas connect to Texas and probably are having this Uranus square on some important planets in their chart. Right, um, And then we have the structural changes, and, and we're now shifting. So we're going to watch these. we got three of them. And so I, I'm encouraging people, you know, because it's a one, two, three, kind of think of it as the three wishes that you get with Aladdin or the, you know, the, the, four, the three-leaf clover, uh, part one, part two, part three, Goldilocks and the three bears. There's a lot of three in the world and then of course three the sun stops for three days you know when it hits the solstice of either sign of capricorn or cancer so three is a big number and it is a number of change and a number of movement and a number of shifting but because we have part one part two part three i encourage you to watch what happened on part one and think about what part two and part three will be because they will be the continuation of the story And last week, because Mercury was retrograde, we look back at our previous decisions to see what they were, because Mercury encouraged us to look back. And so a lot of the hoo-ha with Texas was they weren't on the grid, and they didn't do the upgrades, and yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, you know, it takes a while to get to Mars, (laughs) you know, look back on when the Mars rover was launched, look back at the story that surfaced in your life. And, of course, retrograde, a lot of times our ghosts come back to us. um, And it's important to look back and connect back in to what those stories are. So if you heard from old people, uh, you're still in the shadows, so you still may hear from them. Uh, Always important to look back and think about it or chat about it or just remember. You know, and I kind of got into a little memory hole Last week, I got a a kind of a mean email from somebody who said to me at the bottom of it, I bet you aren't even going to read it. And I'm like, oh, don't don't go down there with me. You're just going to trigger my Mercury Mars. And it did. It triggered my Mercury Mars. And she has an unusual name, right? And and I had a woman who in the 90s, in the 80s, I think, I'd had uh, an unusual, I had another woman with the same name, and and <laughs> and it, it, there was a little conflict there with her too. And so I looked up the asteroid, you know, to see where it was in my chart, and it was Mercury-Mars, right? And in that case, the woman... Um, she actually threw a salad. We, we were all in a house on Fire Island, and she threw a salad bowl. Uh, we had published a newsletter, Mercury, and the guy who wrote the newsletter had made funny jokes. You know, Ann cooks with mayonnaise because, you know, whenever they would ask what the recipe was, I would say, well, little mayonnaise. You know, everything had mayonnaise in it. Um, you know, potato salad, macaroni salad. You cook with mayonnaise in the summer, right? And and also with bluefish. You put mayonnaise on them, it doesn't taste so fishy. So in her case... 
he'd gotten her really upset with what he'd said in the newsletter. And there was a huge fight. And I'd fought with her the previous summer when she was really mad at me because the other weekend drank the beer. And, and she made me hide the beer. And then one of the guys ratted me out and said, Anne hid the beer. <laughs> and they were mad at me for hiding the beer. I'm like, look, she keeps yelling at me because you keep eating our food. So I hid the beer. I did. I hid the beer. I did. I did. I hid the beer. So then the guy who yelled at me about me hiding the beer had a huge fight with her about the newsletter. And so she picked up a salad bowl and she pitched it at everybody because, you know, we had a communal dinner Saturday night through the salad bowl and dumped salad all over the place. And I was like, wow. And I had that kind of a flashback to that. I hadn't thought about that story in years because of this flaming email I got from somebody. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's all good. It's all good. You know, we're all we're all here to remember the past, look back on it, go, you know, I, I bet I have a bad relationship to the asteroid, that asteroid. Let me look it up. And and so I did. So it's it's really helpful when these energies happen to look them up, figure out what it, the universe is trying to tell you, figure out how you want to handle it, and then, you know, make the appropriate response as, you know, as it needs to be in, in the last case. You know, first case and last case, my Mercury Mars got triggered. And my Mercury can be pretty, pretty, uh, it answers to Venus and Scorpio. <laughs> so sometimes she can be a little mean. Uh, not not incorrect, but mean. And so I was like, all right, I watched that reaction in me last week. So kind of watch what came up for you with this Uranus-Saturn square and understand you got two more. And it's, it's serving to awaken us to old structures that we want to change. It's asking us where we're rebelling where we didn't want to follow the rules, in some cases, in the case of Texas, with consequences, obviously following the rules with the Mars rover. I mean, that little puppy traveled hours and hours and days and days and years and years to land on Mars, and you saw them all dance and sing in the jet propulsion lab. And, of course, I was thinking back to watching other lunar landings, uh, and it was all white guys with um, guys, white guys with white ties and suits and ties on, white shirts and ties. And I looked at the group cheering in the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, including a woman announcing it. And I thought, look at how far we've come. Look at how, I mean, just you know, used to be banks of guys at computers, and they were dancing around in the JPL when the rover landed. So it's also how far we've evolved. So think about how far you've evolved since the summer of 99 and the winter of 2000 before you started the last 20 years of your life. And now as you get ready to start the next 20 years, look at where the structures in your life need to change. And that's the energy for the week. You know, it's a forward motion, full steam ahead, Venus juicy moons and Venus juicy jaunts into Pisces, which she loves. She's in her exaltation in Pisces. She's so happy. She's just all about love and all about connection and really happy. Um, of course, Venus went into Pisces about three days ago, and so he's happy too. Last season of winter for the winter girls, the winter people in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, the last season of, <laughs> sorry guys, summer for Australia and there are Southern continent friends because we're shifting seasons. All the planets still report to Saturn because Pisces and reports to Jupiter, reports to Saturn, reports to Saturn. So Saturn's the boss of the whole chart, which is good. And there's a lot of change afoot this week. Um, we also have a full moon in Pisces, Virgo. So the sun's in Pisces, moon's in Virgo. Takes us back to the um, 28th of, uh, 
uh, I think it's the 28th of August, when there was a full a new moon in Virgo back then, and then it takes us to the opening quarter in Gemini time in June of last year, 20, 20, August of 2019, and then June of 2020, and now this one is the full moon, and then in Sagittarius Christmas time, December 24th, we'll have the closing square. Uh, I'm sorry, December yeah, 20th, we'll have the sun square uh, in in Sagittarius with square to the Virgo moon in uh, closing square energy. So we're we're culminating stuff that began in August of um, 19, the end of August. Think about that time frame when we were in early Virgo. And it'll be the end of, actually it'll be the end of November in December time because it'll be early Sag. So a lot up there, a lot going on. Um, and you might feel a little tired because there's a lot of Neptune going on too. And Neptune does make us kind of feel a little overwhelmed. He also is opposite Vesta. I know I've been sleeping, I have this sleep apnea machine, and I've been sleeping like eight and a half, ten hours. I'm like, wow, look at you. You know, it, you might feel an extra need to crawl in your bed and do a little escapism a la, a la snooze uh, or extra Neptune, you know, watching more movies or feeling more need for dream, need for release, need for more meditation, more prayer. It's a really important time to kind of dip, drift in. And remember, in the time of Pisces, in the growing season in the Northern Hemisphere, this is when we were done with all of our work in the farm. And we were allowed to create. We were allowed to do new um, uh, new ideas, new make music, to sing, to dance. There, it's a, there's a very creative energy with Pisces. And many of our best artists are Piscean. They have a strong Pisces or sometimes just a strong Neptune. But a lot of the ones that you really go, oh, I know that song. Yeah, yeah, that was that one's really magical. Those ones that stick with you forever often are Piscean songs or kind of the music that kicks. So I remember a few years back when they had the Titanic song and like everywhere you went it was playing it. Celine Dion belting, I will, re, you know, I will remember. Um, uh, that's Neptune. Right? It's got it's got you in the rapture. It's got you kind of captured in the energy. So watch for it, because Neptune and the nodes are dancing together. So you're you're being invited to to pursue a dream, to pursue a rapture, to pursue something you really want to pursue. And um, and last week there was a little launch that said, "Don't you want to do this?" And the part of you that went, "Yeah, you know, I really do." <laughs> Give yourself permission to do it. So today, tonight, right now the moon's void on the 21st, and it will go into Cancer tonight. It went void uh, this afternoon around 140, 139. It goes into Cancer tonight, the 21st. It's in Cancer the 22nd, Monday. It goes void at 11.54 p.m. Tuesday night, and it goes void with an opposition to Pluto. Um, so hard-closing aspect, but releasing you, launching you, pushing you out into doing something else. So we like the hard-closing aspects because they get things launched, but they don't always turn out the way you think they would. That's probably the better way to think of it. Then we brighten early on the morning of the 24th. Remember, these are East Coast times. Adjust for your time zone. At 7.23 a.m., the moon goes into Leo, and it'll be in Leo on the 24th, the 25th, and it goes void at 6.32 in the morning on Friday the 26th, and it goes void, moon in Leo, square, Mars, and Taurus. This is an action uh, action and a hard-closing aspect. We don't really like Moon arguing with a malefic, 
but there is an action taking energy with this and moon and leo goes okay this is what i want to create mars and taurus goes i can do that but you might not like what i get and so you want to kind of just you know be conscious of what you're committing to on that 24th 25th then at 12:07 p.m. in the afternoon on friday afternoon purim begins at sundown Moon goes into Virgo, and he's in Virgo on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, on Saturday, on Sunday, and he goes void at 10.58 a.m. Sunday the 28th with a trine to Mars. Moon in Virgo trines Mars in Taurus. So that's a nice one, and then he enters Libra. Uh, 11.58, he's void on Sunday. He enters Libra at 2.17 p.m. Sunday the 28th. And calendar page turn. He's in Libra on Monday. He is in Libra on Tuesday. And he goes void at 9 in the morning, Tuesday morning, the 2nd of March, with a square to Pluto. So really, the only good moon closing aspect this week is the Virgo moon, uh, which is the um, uh, Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday. And, of course, there's a full moon there at 3.17 a.m. on Sunday night. I'm sorry, well, uh, three Sunday morning, so it would be Friday night into Sunday morning, so it's 3.17 a.m. A lot of adjusting energy. When the moon is in Virgo, everything adjusts, right, because he's going to be in a hard aspect to all the Aquarian planets. So even though he has a good closing aspect, he's like, oh, i got to adjust that. Oh, i got to adjust that. Oh, i got to adjust that. And then when he's in um, Cancer, he also has a hard closing aspect to all the planets in Aquarius. Oh, I got to adjust that. Oh, I got to adjust that. So there's a lot of adjusting going on this week. The other thing that's happening this week is Mars trines Pluto. Now that's a build up and that takes place on the 24th. That's kind of like the big feature of the week. Mars and Taurus trines Pluto and Capricorn, taking action towards what you want to build, what you want to create. So that's helpful, but there can be a little tumult. You know, or a little, eh, not easy flowing this week. But it's not quite as crazy as last week was with the Uranus-Saturn square. But it's a build. It's a grow. It's a let's get this ready to roll. Let's figure out where we're going. And with the moon causing hard aspects to the Aquarian planets twice this week, once in Cancer and once when he's in um, Virgo, you know, it is a week where we're going to feel like we're constantly adjusting things. And and if you know that, it just makes it easier. It's like, okay, got to do a lot of adjusting on Monday the 22nd. Got to do a lot of adjusting on the 24th. Got to do a lot of adjusting on uh, Friday and Saturday. And then I actually calm down and the world kind of calms down. So, you know, if you know that, you don't take it so personally. You also are having the Sun in Pisces sextiling Uranus this week, and that's generally an easy aspect. You know, Sun sextiles Uranus once a year, uh, and this is Pisces uh, Virgo, or, sorry, Pisces Taurus. So this is a closing sextile, as, so he's harvesting all the stuff that he began last spring when the Sun joined Taurus in March, or I'm sorry, in May. And now he's harvesting it. So, you know, think about what you were doing in May and things kind of come home. And it feels like, oh, okay. Remember, the moon rules how things function. So he invites us to understand the functioning of our day, our emotional resonance with the day. And in this week, because he goes through cancer, we're going to be a little sensitive. When he goes through Leo, he's going to be a little 
well, I want it my way. I like my way. And then when he goes through Virgo, he's going to be, all right, how do I fix this and make this work? Right. And then when he gets to Libra on Sunday afternoon, he's like, okay, how do we partner with this? But the aspects, the closing aspects are a little tricky. They're a little harder. And, um, and you know, if you know that, it just makes it, you don't take it so personally is the way I think. As opposed to last week where the closing aspects were, for the most part, good. I mean, clearly the people down in the middle part of the country where they had the cold freeze wasn't necessarily. But it also really taught us a lot of things that are important for us to understand and carry forward in the midst of that Uranus-Saturn square. It says, I think maybe this needs to be fixed. And everybody goes, yeah, I, I think you might be right. And so that's okay. That's, you know, the whole idea of paying attention to the heavens helps us understand how to work better here on Earth. Uh, sometimes it's easier to work better than others. So this week, the sun in Pisces goes from 7 Pisces to 12. He does not have a lot of aspects except for that sextile to Uranus on the 25th. And he does have a little cranky, crabby aspect with Eris, uh, with the goddess of discord on the 27th, and with Pluto on the 1st. Mars is, the sun is in a semi-square to those two guys. And so semi-squares give us a little bit of stress, but there isn't much we can do about it, right? But it's in Pisces. So with Pisces, we just turn on some music and dance, dance, dance. Right before the show, I was watching Saturday Night Live, and they had uh, Britney Spears interviewing uh, Ted Cruz, Mayor Governor Cuomo, and the woman who just got fired from the Disney movie, Mel Ordian, whose name I'm blanking on. And and she goes, okay, let's get up and dance, 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 because that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to have, oops, I did it again, the apology show. So when in doubt this week, dance, 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 because the Pisces says dance, dance. Or swim, swim. Or some kind of water thing. Go to bed. That's good. Mercury this week, remember he's direct, he's zooming along, he is from 11 to, to 16 Aquarius, so he is now tracing his steps for the third time. So you're going to be familiar with these energies because you've already done them twice. So he has a uh, quintile to Eris, uh, you know, kind of harnessing energy of anger. He has an adjusting energy around home and hearth on the 2nd of March, and he meets up with the nodes of fate on March 2nd which is kind of fun. That's going to be next Tuesday. But you're going to feel him coming in going, ooh, I'm meeting up, I'm making commitments, I'm signing up for things. So it's also a good week for negotiating things because it's back and forth, adjust, adjust. But it's also a good week once we get to next week for commitment when we get to March 2nd. And I know that's a day out than more than I normally do, but I've been trying to print the sheets a little longer. So Venus this week, uh, 25 Aquarius, she enters Pisces on um, uh, February 25th at 8:11 in the morning. So as she goes, and then she goes as high as three Pisces in her journey. So she meets up with um, Pallas Athena this week on the 21st. So she's very strategic and intelligent. She has an adjusting aspect, a little bit of a blind spot, blindsided a little bit maybe by Pluto, because uh, she's in a semi-sextile to him. He's in Capricorn. She's in Aquarius. So. You know, he's kind of like, wrong, wrong, wrong. and she's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Um, she's contraparallel Uranus, so she kind of pokes and pushes and pushes and argues and a little cranky on the 23rd. Um, she does have a quintile to the south node on the 24th, so that means that she gets something that really looks good to her or looks interesting to her. And then right after she has that quintile in Aquarius, she enters Pisces. Health aspect with Venus on the uh, 26th, 
uh, health and home aspect where there's something, you know, making you not do well or not feel well. And then she has an, a few partnership aspects on the 26th of February as well as on the 1st of March. So she's committing. Uh, and she's committing to a dream. So you want to watch what that is. Mars, as I mentioned, trines Pluto this week. He does that on the 24th at 25 Cap and Taurus. Um, yeah, Cap and Taurus. And um, we feel the buildup for the few days before. He also has a square to Athena on the 26th, and this is one of those one of those aspects I always kind of like to make them make the sound they make. You think you're so smart, so that's the you think you're so smart aspect, and that's going to happen on the 26th, and we want to kind of honor that and see what that says about what we think we're so smart about, and we probably are so smart. But that doesn't mean the other guy has to like what you say or agree with you. So, you know, just be aware there's a little closing aspects are a little contentious this week. People are a little sensitive. Um, Vesta, uh, Jupiter this week has lovely trines and sextiles to the nodes of fate on the 26th. So she gets what she wants. And she's at 16 when she does that. And she has an adjusting aspect to home and hearth, health, body, where you're living, right before that. Uranus is quintile to Athena, so there's a strategic thought about how to proceed. Um, a little bit of wounding on the 22nd with Neptune having a little argument with Chiron. Not bad, but just Chiron's just being being a bit of a pill in pointing out things that Neptune would just as soon not talk about. Again, a lot of energy around not really interested in engaging and fighting this week, but feeling like I need to go my own way. Vesta this week squares the nodes of fate on the 23rd. Uh, so there's an opportunity to change things around your home and hearth then. And we also have Ceres entering today. She did this today, entering Aries for four years. So this is an opportunity when Ceres enters Aries for us to change how we nurture ourselves, how we take care of ourselves, our food plan, our exercise plan, how we are doing our caretaking. And so Ceres entering Aries invites us to a new four-year cycle initiated today when she entered Aries and crossed the equator and said, begin, begin. So watch your food programs, watch your exercise programs. Bathing suit season is coming soon. It's Pisces time, right? You start looking in the mirror and going, I think I need, you know, I think I need to maybe do something to be able to get in a bathing suit. So it's a forward motion energy. Series and Aries is initiating new stories, new ideas about how we take care of ourselves and nurture ourselves. So it's a busy week, not too crazy, which is always good. Um, Mars trine Pluto usually does reach some kind of accord or agreement. I'm thinking that may be when they actually pass the stimulus package, uh, and that again would be on the uh, on the 24th, 26th time frame. Um, so you know we'll see what happens. And forward you all go into the week. Wishing you a great week. I'm signing off from the bright red desk. I'm going to go drink my tea, which is now not boiling anymore, <laughs> an appropriate temperature. Orange spice tea, it's so good. Um, and I wish you a great week, and uh, I hope you had a good Valentine's. Hope you had a good Uranus Mars, Uranus Saturn square, and that you figured out important things about the direction of your life by looking back last week. Now we look forward as Mercury heads us out in Aquarius. Remember, he's still really smart in Aquarius, and he gets to the world point on March 2nd, so he has big news, big announcements then, and we want to see what's going to happen. 
forward we go. Take care, Ann Ortley, off from the desk, off into the world, uh, and not outside because it's cold, but over to read my book. Have a great week. Bye-bye.